0: Hooked on Life the podcast is a division of PN Entertainment Canada, inspiring innovation through entertainment.
1: The opinions expressed in Hooked on Life are for conversational purposes only. This podcast may also contain language that some may find offensive. Now, on to the show.
0: Hey, I'm Cindy Lin. I am a free spirit heading into my 50s with abandon. I was an actor, director, teacher who had a midlife break when I turned 37. I left a toxic marriage, moved across the country with two kids, no money, and no job. I decided to start life over again on my own terms. Found sobriety, learned to like myself, to show up for my kids, my family, and my friends. Found a home in the corporate world. Fell in love with my junior high school, sweetie Shay. I love to travel, kickbox, teach. I practice saying yes every day and love
2: being a badass. And I'm Shane. Shayner, or as my wife calls me, Shea Bear. I am British, and I came close to becoming an American, but I'm Canadian. I'm a musician who got lost in the lifestyle and sobered up years ago. I got married to my girlfriend from middle school, but don't worry, we were grown-ups by then. We travel a lot, we own property far, far away, and this podcast was her idea. With all that said, welcome to Hooked on Life.
0: You know, it's always, I always find it so interesting that when we do this podcast, we're like sitting right across from each other because we don't ever sit right across from each other when we're chit-chatting every day. You ever notice that? Does it feel a bit confrontational the way that we sit and stare at each other? Right now?
2: Yeah. No, no, confrontational? Well, like, because we're like facing off. Oh, I can see your face. I sit across from you when we're having dinner. Do you remember what
0: you used to say to me when we first got together? Yes. What did you say? Who
2: the hell are you? No.
0: When I would be far away, and we wouldn't be in the same area, and you would text me or email me, and you would say something about my face, and I loved how you said it.
2: I miss your fucking face? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I love that so much.
2: (laughs) There you go. I still miss your fucking face, except right now I, I can see your face, so there you go. Yeah. Well, should we get started?
0: Sure. Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're listening from, this is Cindy Lynn and Shay, and we are enthusiastically, compassionately engaged in having you join us for No, that's shit. Good morning. Good, what the fuck is that? I'm trying to be I'm trying to be creative and it's not working. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Here I go. This is my official voice. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're listening from. You have joined Cindy Lynn and the Shea Bear, and we are thrilled that you have decided to join us for our next episode of Hooked on
2: Life, the podcast. Okay. Was well,
0: that better? It was simple.
2: Well, yeah. Well, you know what? The second time around, is good. It's good. I'm, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Simon's happy. I'm happy. Listen, I'm sitting beside a pineapple today. Are you? What do you mean, are you? You can see... A pineapple beside me well I'm
0: I'm acting who, surprised because I'm speaking from the audience's perspective
2: <laughs> okay well if they while well, they can't see us I was gonna say if they turn on their TV but they can't see us uh, the reason why I'm sitting beside us this pineapple is because I want to be another Spongebob Squarepants no that's not true I got it for a dollar eighty-eight this is a really good price for a pineapple right now because we're in inflationary times, right? And um, yeah, I can see you, Simon. And who's with the hat? Who is that person with the hat? Anyway, let's get going. I want to let you know something. Sure. Uh, something popped in my head this morning. You were you were mentioning to me what this podcast was about. And I was thinking about Jane Badler. I mean, who the hell is Jane Badler? You're stuck in traffic. You're boarding an airplane. You are sitting on a subway line somewhere and you're thinking to yourself, who the hell is Jane Badler? She was the bad lady, Diana, from the 1984 TV series, V. Ooh, the face-ripping alien series. Yeah, can I just tell you, she was fucking sexy like wow and I was 11 so I'm like wow I must have been a very early bloomer I'm thinking I think I'm thinking about her now as being sexy I wasn't thinking about her sexy at 11 years old but okay you will also remember Mark Singer he was on that on that series too that was very good but the aliens come down, and you know we've always talked about these aliens things since like World and it's the End of World War Two. Like, oh, somebody they're gonna come down and they're gonna take us over, or they're gonna blow us up. We've seen that with Independence Day. We saw that with the, with all these different films, right? With the aliens, there's been tons of them. In the '60s, there was a ton of them. But the key in that was communication. Like the whole thing was communication in that in that, and it was very uh, it was very scary, but it was very cool. And anybody that was a Gen Xer would probably remember that series if they had cable. I think a lot of us had cable back then. But anyway, yeah, that's all I have to say. See, there you go. And I'm done.
0: And goodbye. Well, I think it's worth mentioning before we get started today that we did celebrate a podcast milestone this week. Yes, we did. We have 500 downloads.
2: Well, we're beyond that now. But that's, yeah, we hit 500 this week, which is unbelievable. Very
0: exciting. want to say a big thank you to everybody that
2: has supported us over the last six weeks. In Georgia, in Virginia, in California, in In New Mexico, in the state of New York, in Columbia,
0: in Manitoba,
2: in Australia, in in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really this little podcast that could, and we've surpassed our mighty dreams. Yeah. So thank you to everyone that's listening right now. And continues to listen to our weekly podcast. This is really fantastic.
0: And part of the things that I've really liked about the podcast so far is some of the comments that have come in because that really fuels the type of episodes that we want to do or the things that we want to talk about. And a lot of the initial comments that we received of what people liked about the podcast was our banter back and forth.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. The banter. I don't know what to call it. We, we received uh, one in particular, one comment in particular by a regular listener by the name of Terry. We know who you are, Terry. And she had uh, requested through the grapevine that uh, it might be better that I would watch some of my fucking language.
0: Does she not know that you are watching some of your fucking language?
2: Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I think I'm really well behaved behind a microphone. Yeah. Anybody that hears me first thing in the morning or late at night usually gets a more colorful outburst than where I am right now. But anyway, uh, hello, Terry. Thank you for listening and uh, thank you for your uh, input. And we will probably just put that in our pocket and move on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's all. I have. And yeah, that's communication too.
0: It is. It is a communication style. Is what that
2: is. S- swearing is style?
0: Well, it's your way of communicating through cursing. Okay. But with that said, you know, people really seem to enjoy us as a couple. I know over our years together, we're preparing actually to celebrate our anniversary here in a couple of weeks.
2: Yes. Oh, happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary!
0: And we've been together for
2: what? 1,312 years. Right. And People
0: often comment on our friendship, on how much fun we have together, on how much time we spend together, on how cute we are. Another one of our listeners, she's a listener now, but we met her when we were away in Cuba a couple of weeks ago. And hey, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. From New Brunswick. From New Brunswick
2: she was saying that she She's just so sweet that
0: one too. Eh? She okay. was such a lovely surprise to meet and I treasure her. I really do. Yeah. And she was saying, "Oh, you know, I watch you guys in the pool and you know, I love the way you talk to each other and the way you, you know, interact with each other."
2: Okay, yeah, that's really creepy, right? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. <laughs> we have a stalker over the hedge looking at us in the pool. <laughs> Lisa, please don't do that. <laughs> Join us in the pool or stuff do what you need to do but anyway but the point made when we
0: see a happy couple we seem to think that there's something magical about that or something that has just they're just great together
2: like Megan and Harry
0: like Megan and Harry mm. let's not open that Pandora's box today okay but it isn't easy. I would say that my relationship with you, is one of the greatest treasures of my life. Oh my God. I would say, I'm trying
2: to think of the right word. Take your time.
0: It is full of rewards, but I would not say it's magical. I would say that it has taken consistent commitment and a consistent willingness to grow and evolve and and work with you. It's a project and it's ongoing and I think today's episode in talking about communication, I'll out us when I think of, you know, the hardest thing that we have to work on together. It is communication and it's figuring out how to communicate effectively to move forward in our partnership together.
2: Okay. Do you
0: have any thoughts on that?
2: No, that's true. It's true. Communication is key. I mean, whether it's with an employer or an employee or a family member or a a spouse, communication, neighbor, mailman, doesn't matter. We're built to communicate in ways that we may or may not know or understand. or But yeah, we need to talk to each other and try to figure out what we need to do. And I would say that the easiest conversations that we've had are buying a property in Mexico because we were both fully entwined in the idea of doing it. We found uh, Dan McNeil down there to help us, which is amazing. He's uh, numero uno. Shout out
0: to Dan McNeil. Anybody looking to buy
2: property in the Puerto Vallarta? area yeah, contact we, Dan. We should hashtag him too because I think he was uh he's he really did make the the idea and the creation of the purchase possible, right? Yeah. For us to get on a flight and fly across America to PV to Puerto Vallarta. We were both intending to to do something for our, our lives as individuals and as a couple. And so we had communicated that. It wasn't like a surprise, like, oh, I want to buy a property, or you said you want to buy a property. We did it together. So yeah, communication is key if we want to keep things moving in a positive direction, right?
0: And I think what helped too was when we walked into that unit, I was like, I want it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, And I was respectful for that, right? I was, I was respectful to you you saying, this is what you want. I had said to you at the beginning, you'll probably know when you, when you see it, right? Yeah. And we, that wasn't the first one we saw. No. Went through quite a few actually, but anyway.
0: So moving forward, we do have a guest with us today that's going to talk to us about all things communication. Great. And really excited to have this this chat with her. Our guest today is a registered psychotherapist who holds their master's degree in counseling, psychotherapy, and spirituality from St. Paul's University. She is a PACT level one certified psychobiological approach to complex therapy practitioner. She is experienced in existential and transpersonal therapy. She works in EMDR and CBT, as well as trauma and PTSD therapies. She works both in individual therapy as well as couples therapy and is the co-founder of Insight and Wellness Clinic located in downtown Toronto. I will also say she is a millennial. She is not a Gen Xer, and I am thrilled to welcome her today, Jade Roy Boulay. Wow, that's great! Get your smart on. Get your smart on.
2: Ready, Simon? Let's take a quick break. Let's get ready for Jade. This is going to be very exciting. We're going to talk about some communication. Maybe we can all learn something from this. This is going to be very good. When we come back, Jade Roy Boulay, you're listening to Hooked on Life. Hey, listener. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Are you sitting there wondering how you can be a part of Hooked on Life? We are looking for corporations and people. Yes, people just like you who want to help sponsor our little podcast. There's so much we can do together. If you are hooked to help, contact us right now at hookedonlifepodcast at gmail.com. And in the subject line, say, I want to help. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Podbean. And we want to thank you for continuing to support Hooked on Life. Okay. Welcome back to Hooked on Life, the podcast with Cindy Lynn and Shea Bear. (inaudible) Meow, (inaudible) meow, 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 meow. Okay, seriously, let's get some seriousness going on. Our next guest, you just heard all the info about her, so we don't need to go on that again because I don't want to repeat everything that you just said because that's really amazing. Her name is Jade Roy
0: Boulay. Co-founder of Insight and Wellness Clinic in downtown Toronto.
2: Yes. Please give a warm welcome to our dear friend, Jade Roy Boulet. Hello, hello.
0: Hi, can you hear me? We can. How are you? Good. How are you? We are good. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're finally making this happen.
3: I know. So exciting.
2: Welcome to our podcast, Jade. We really appreciate you taking out the time to come and visit us online. It's very, we're very grateful that you're here. Knowing that you are our first guest as a millennial, you're not a Gen Xer, you're a millennial.
3: That's true. Yes, I am.
2: We brought you here because of that. Can you explain your expertise in communication and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do for for people?
3: Yeah, so I am a registered psychotherapist and clinic owner in downtown Toronto. I specialize mostly in relationships, or I would say it's my favorite. (laughs) So a lot of communication work, a lot of couples work, and as well, you know, just high performers, perfectionistic, those types of clientele, I would say. And I also run the clinic with a bunch of other specialties and other different therapy modalities. And yeah, that's a bit about me. Just a psychotherapist in the city.
0: And what made you decide to be psychotherapist in the city, which is a really great title, by the way.
3: Uh, what made me decide to go like to dis- psychotherapy? Ironically, I was raised by two psychologists. Um, and so psychology was always a little bit part of the background. My parents are baby boomers. And so not exactly the type to come home and talk about work (laughs) very much so even though I was raised by two psychologists I don't think that I really knew much about it and I I wasn't necessarily influenced by them in any way but it was always something that I had a lot of talent for it was very perceptive intuitive um, really fascinated by connections and relationships I'm also a twin so I think I came into the world with someone else So that probably has something to do with it too and it was just kind of a natural transition. I never thought about doing anything else. It was just like I knew right, at, like right from high school that that was my field. Considered law, but it's a little bit too much reading for me. So took one law class and was like, "That's not for me. Thanks so much." And then uh, yeah, and always been in the nature. Like my pro- dad was a professor, so supervising was very important to me. And then my um, my mom was in private practice, so that's kind of the exposure that I had. So I worked at a couple of clinics in. I worked in Ottawa in private practice and then moved to the city for a little more excitement. Um, And then when I got to Toronto, I worked in different clinics, learned a lot and uh, really value teamwork. I really like companionship. Private practice can be very isolating. So I eventually branched off so I can do different things and um, not just see clients one-on-one and just like create it more of a, a, um, I guess like variety a clinic that offers different things with lots of competent people and eventually building workshops and things like that. So this is the dream of, of the center, a little bit ever changing.
2: (laughs) And what is the center called? So we can promote it on the podcast.
3: Of course. So it's called insight and wellness therapy center.
0: Part of the reason that we started this podcast is because we really felt that we were at an interesting place in our life as Gen Xers, in that we are the sandwich generation. And so, you know, we have our parents of the boomer generation, who were very rigid and had a very distinctive value set that they lived by. Mm-hmm. And then we're working with millennials, who have a very different way of doing things, and are parenting the Gen Zers, who are an animal unto themselves. And as I think about communicating, all of those communication styles are so different and we take that for granted. And so, as we're navigating these relationships with aging parents and coworkers and children, it can be really difficult to try to figure out how to reach people. Because a lot of times we feel like communication just takes place, but it doesn't. So, do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, even communication is now so trendy and like you know like we hear that a lot like good communication skills you know and I think I probably saw it the same way at the beginning as well Whereas, like let's learn techniques to explain ourselves in these like let's use I statements and talk about our feelings and you know not you make me feel but more this is my experience and in the end you know, communication, yes, we can, it is something that can be taught and it's something that we can make a little bit like, like an equation, you know, let's follow these rules and we'll, we'll have healthy communication, but really it's very emotional. And so depending on your personal relationship with your, with your feelings and self-awareness, you will have an easier time or a difficulty communicating. And those generations have very different awareness and value for it right many like when we're in high survival mode probably the baby boomers who were just you know getting out of these very difficult periods on their parents in the depression all this stuff they wanted to survive they just they, like you know we're not i don't care about your feelings so much because you know i just want to make ends mean and i'm and i'm communicating what needs to be said and directly and efficiently it's all about efficiency and then you have these maybe millennials as well a little bit and definitely gen z Where there's a lot of sensitivity and a lot more like importance in my communication is about how I feel and from my perspective. And I'm trying to be gentle, I'm trying to be careful, I'm worried about triggering you, I'm worried about the emotions I may evoke. So it becomes a lot more, well, sensitive, I would say maybe sometimes a little too much, but then also very different. And then you, when those two styles clash together, the message gets lost a little bit sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So sensitive, oversensitive. I, yeah, we're, we're certainly in this space where everybody seems to be sensitive or everything. So like, is that part of the problem? Is that where we're at? Because, you know, we're at the, t- we're at the table and we're having dinner and we're breaking bread with the family. And, you know, we have, teenagers in the house and I'm not sensitive at all I just I, I sound like the old grandpa you know I, I don't really care what anybody thinks and there are reactions at the table when I when I blast something out that I really don't care about or uh, I don't seem to have any sense seem to anyway have any sensitivity towards or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that where we're at? Is that where we're headed? Like what there's there's a, there's a clash, right? There's Mm -hmm. a clash between sensitivity and insensit Apparently I have insensitivity. I don't know what it is. Uh, Is that like, is this good? Is this what's happening? What's happening here?
3: Absolutely. Yes. I I think it it, definitely people I mean, we do need to be a little bit more careful. There's also so much communication going on, right? There are so many different mediums through which to communicate from. Um, But even in a conversation, if you're being very, very careful, there's inauthenticity, right? You almost lose that freedom of being just authentic and present in the moment. You can be a bit rigid or restrict, which takes you out of the moment. And I think it's really, it's important, you know, here in the now is important. And I I also see it as we're afraid there's distress tolerance, right? It's like, can I watch somebody through what I'm communicating? If you have a reaction, we're trying to buffer that too much, right? I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want to see a reaction I can't handle. So I'm trying to be very careful. Being careful is nice and it's considered, but sometimes it's not the truth or sometimes it's we make mistakes and then we get defensive because we tried so hard to say it appropriately. And the reaction we're getting is not the one we wanted or intended for. And so our response back is then defensiveness rather than just being able to take whatever happens on the other side belongs to them. Right. There's the way it's received is not my responsibility and I can care about it, but it's not, it's not caused by me. And so if I'm able to like, tolerate the way my message is coming across and, and acknowledge the response in front of me, then, you know, what I said doesn't, it's not as important, right? It's more about like, it lands on you this way and I'm invested and I, I can stay neutral and I can sort of be compassionate to what it is that you heard me say. And then we work together. We can keep going, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be said perfectly in the first go, you know, let's try again, But when we're so scripted and we're so afraid of coming across a particular way, we can't can't do that. We lose our compassion. We get into our own stuff and then we get a bit defensive typically or argumentative at worst. (laughs) So
0: Shay and I have been together for quite a while now.
3: A long time. A long
0: time. And I would say that our communication styles are very, very different from each other. I agree. Yeah. And something that I have appreciated in him is his ability to put effort and time and work into making them making it better thank you dear yeah and learning how to communicate and you know I guess my my question is do you see I'm sure you do I'm sure you see a lot of a lot of couples in therapy maybe that's another episode Gen X couples therapy
2: love it I love that
0: we'll put that, we'll put a pin in that dear. Anyways, do you see a lot of couples that come to you wanting to learn how to communicate, knowing that communication doesn't just happen because most people come with issues in their communication. Can that be something that can be taught and cultivated? And do you really see that in your Gen X clientele?
3: Yeah, I think every single couple I've ever seen Gen X or not has come to me and said, we don't know how to communicate. So it's, I mean, it's a bit of a tagline and it's probably true. I think that what we are learning is relationships, we're, we're built for love. We are built for connection. We're socially like programmed for sure. We can't survive without it or thrive without it. So it is, attachment is important. However, we don't know how to do relationships. Uh, that is a skill. That is something that takes work. And communication is a part of that. So I do think, how else do we get the message across? Now there's a lot of communication that takes place that is nonverbal and that is intuitive and just, you know, built into our nervous system in different ways, right? Like proximity um, offers a soothing, it's a communication of sorts. It's like, if I'm talking to you and I'm close and I'm looking in your eyes, I'm evoking a more caring, invested, I'm communicating to you that I'm engaged, that I'm interested in what you have to say that I care generally, right? Um, And that's nonverbal. So what the message is afterwards is maybe, maybe important, maybe not so much. But I do think that there is awareness that is starting to come through, where we're realizing, it's something that I need to develop and put effort into and care about because my relationship without this will not make it through the ages. Like relationships are very difficult. Life is very challenging. Gen X is known to be one of the most stressed out generation, the most resilient at stress, but also the most stressed out. And so brings a lot of stuff to, to the relationship, you know? So if I can't feel comfortable speaking to you about it, or feel that there is safety between the two of us so that we can have an exchange, and I trust that you are emotionally invested, it's not really going to work out so great, you know, whether that means that you're a person who processes out loud, a lot of people process their emotions out loud, like preoccupied attachment style, for example, versus people who need to take some time, move backwards, think, Process their emotions, figure out what they're feeling, and then bring it to the person. Um, some people are very concise. Some people are storytellers. You know, um, some people really—it's easy to get into vulnerable conversations. They get excited by it. They're not intimidated by it. And others, a little more fearful, a little more timid. You know, that's all fine. Differences aren't the problem. It's actually just finding a way to come together and be aware of what a your communication style is and what your partner's is, and and what can you can both bring together to create a world that feels safe for both of you in communication
0: (laughs) so jade we actually have a question now from a listener uh in calgary that came about when we were talking about communication and they thought this would be a great idea to explore question is the generational journey to authenticity and transparency It's a topic to explore. So we navigated from the baby boomers who were so repressed and hid everything. And now we are having to work with our Gen Z children who hide absolutely nothing. And how are we to navigate that? When we think of ourselves as Gen Xers, we think about how private our upbringing was compared to now how you raise your families or our families to be these authentic people and sharing their personal experiences out loud. How do we navigate that?
3: Mm, quite a complex question. Uh, yeah, it's a bit tricky for the X because, you know, they're kind of considered to be the people, the, the generation that kind of raised themselves. Um, so they don't actually lead by example, right? They're kind of doing what they didn't get and they wish they had gotten right and so most of you guys are raising children in a in a very different way than how you were raised definitely in terms of authenticity and what you prioritize there was a lot of more discipline it was a lot more performative uh survival-based type of emotions right like fear was a big way to get your kids to behave and emotions were not emotions were just not that valued no one was that interested most of the time I think that still applies today if I'm going to have an. 'm not interested in something it's probably because I'm intimidated by it so or I don't know what to do with it so if I don't know how to manage your response of being very angry or expressive as a child and you're you know you're you seem dysregulated I'm going to inflict fear to try and control it right I want I want it to stop and so in that it can be very invalidating and that's I think what generation X experienced quite a bit and then noticing that that had had quite an impact on them especially for the ones who decide to go to therapy at some point they're realizing hmm you know that That doesn't feel good. And it's really impacted my self-esteem and my self-worth. So we kind of countered intensively going the other way. And authenticity, is that a word you would have used in the, you know, in, you know, in 1974, what is, what does that even mean? Even to this day, we don't know what what it really means. And now we have these sort of statements of like, well, I'm just being honest. Like, well, okay, about an opinion. And now, so now the new trend is authenticity and authenticity means I'm being authentic to my feelings. That's really what it means. It's not to my personality. It's, it's, it's in a moment. So it's, it's flexible. It fluctuates. So the Gen Z, Jennifer Millennial, maybe Gen Z is making that very public. Like I'm speaking my truth, which is obviously great, but what they don't necessarily always realize is there's a lot of immaturity still in their emotion you know they're speaking about them in a very raw form with a lot of conviction about how true they are and so that becomes difficult for the parents because it's sometimes dramatized a little bit right um and you guys are probably thinking like this is not a big deal like this is not that hard and like all right I want to validate you and I don't want you to feel like this isn't important but also you've been indulging this more three days, you know? So it's like that fine balance between reinforcing healthy, emotional awareness, healthy, emotional self-regulation, which we're seeing less and less self-regulation, I would say. And the need for validation, I can be validated by one person or by myself. I can validate my own emotion. I don't need a public validation of a hundred people on Twitter you know but there but there's more of that validate me validate me and so it's it's kind of a hard line to just do enough of it without maybe being so too self indulgent
2: yeah i think we're all dealing with this uncomfortability with uncomfortability which is very confusing to me because the way we were brought up it, you were just comfortable to be uncomfortable and it's it's not a good thing but it was a thing our parents were the same way they were baby boomers and they they grew up yeah. with rations in some areas of the world. So there was an, a, a comfortability in the uncomfortability, you know, good, bad, or otherwise. And so I don't understand why people are, are crying and going on about being uncomfortable when, when we grew up with it just being normal, right? You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I even think about, it's just like there's no tolerance for anything that is uncomfortable. It's right. unacceptable. Yeah, for sure. Like when I even think about when I'm teaching. And when I'm teaching, I'm not thinking about affirming you. And that seems to be very valued these days, the need to be affirmed for what you're doing right or for putting any effort into something. Right. And when I'm teaching, yeah. I am not thinking about affirming you. I'm thinking about making you better. Right. <laughs> and I know that that comes off harsh, but you know what? I'm not thinking, I'm not giving a shit about whether you are happy or how you feel. I'm trying to get shit done. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays, when I look at some of my, you know, some of the people that I work with or my children, it's this need, this zero tolerance for anything that's uncomfortable, but isn't that important? Isn't it important to realize that part of self-acceptance is learning how to tolerate and how to be present and accept those moments of uncomfortability?
3: Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. I I think it's, it's okay to be validated by others. And it's okay for have people notice and see your experience. But first off and foremost, it's about accepting it yourself first. And that doesn't have to be done outwardly. <laughs> it's a it's an inner job. So
0: discomfort. Okay, okay I'm sorry. I, I need to interrupt you just for a second. Because we are talking about a generation that when something happens that isn't affirming to them. Today, today, right? Today, this generation, they don't self reflect. Their idea of self reflection is to throw it up on TikTok, to throw it up on Instagram, to get people to affirm whatever it is that they feel they need in that moment.
1: Sure.
3: And call it self awareness. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And. You know, it's, it's it's tolerating. There's not a lot of distress tolerance, really. I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Something needs to get done. You trigger me, so adjust your behavior, right? Not, ooh, I'm triggered. Let me see what's happening here, which this is the part that the the past generation wasn't doing. I'm not aware I'm triggered. Move through it. It doesn't matter. I don't even, sometimes I don't even feel it, right? Because I'm just about performance. I'm just about keep going, so now, healthy would be, okay, let me respond to what I know I'm experiencing. Something's happening in my body. I'm having an emotional experience. Let me name it for myself, and then let me sit with it as opposed to, to I don't like that I don't like that it exists, and so I'm gonna put it out there. And then if you validate me, then i it feels like it's okay to have it or you know, we're I don't even really know what the point of it really is, honestly, other than, okay, that's you're making me feel seen and uh, you're making me feel uh, like it's self-worth, but it's, it's, it's fake, you know, it's bypassing. It's not actually you to you and then you'll need it. That's the thing. You get hooked on it. Right. So then when you don't get it, you're very frustrated and there's something missing. So it's not actually self-validating in a way that builds self-esteem or helps you connect with your self-esteem or self-worth. It's, it's, it's cheap. Right. Um, And if I don't get it, something is wrong and I'm back into my discomfort, back into my distress and probably then eventually deep down thinking there's something wrong with me.
2: Okay, Jade. So then what would be your three prescribed things that we could do as a Gen X group that could help navigate through life and communication with these younger generations that we're working with now?
1: Mm,
3: okay, I don't know that I'll say the three, but the first thing okay. that comes to mind would be being patient. Uh, it, it's hard to learn something new, and this is really new. And so, if you're if you're patient and you're and and also like letting yourselves learn, right? It's not about performing. That's the difference. It's not check. I did it. Fail pass. It's about staying open to the process so that you can almost heal yourself in the process of learning through another generation, right? And also it's okay to make people uncomfortable, right? You can take it. Okay. I'm an emotion, like emotions don't kill you. they they can feel intense, but they're, they're, they're part of the human experience and they're important. And so watching somebody be vulnerable or watching an emotion that is, that appears difficult for someone else, like just stay present. That's doing enough. That's the, I think that's the key to the whole thing is you're doing enough just by caring and being present. You don't need to fix it. This isn't Gen X loving to fix things and being super proactive, and, but this is not a solving thing at all. This is just witnessing, right? And whatever you're witnessing and just acknowledging that you're witnessing is enough. People try to do too much. It's not about solving other people's issues. It's not, you know, it's just witness, Be there find a compassionate place in you and just hear it from there.
0: Wow. I can honestly say that is, that sounds really easy, but I think that is a really difficult thing to do.
3: It's doable. takes practice. It's like, you know, it's, it's unlearning and relearning. And that's the, the big thing for Gen X. It's um, it's really different. Like you, you have to unlearn the repressed way your parents might have dealt with their emotions and their communication and then relearn this other way that is deeply vulnerable and completely different and, and like, kind of like discouraged, uh, when you were younger. So,
2: okay, Jade, I have a question. So it's been, uh, 14 years, 14 years since I got sober and communication was not that important to me, or at least, at least I didn't respect communication to the extent that i do now before i got sober but then i got sober thank god and uh, continue to do so and in part of that is communicating communicating honestly and fully to the best of my ability and so there are times where i feel like there's communication not breakdowns but um no assistance or very little assistance from others and so you know if i'm moving a couch up and down the stairs i know i i tend to feel like someone's going to come and help me move the couch, even though they may not want to. But when it comes to communication, that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. I don't always feel like someone's there to engage with me in, in communicating. So like, how does one being me, how does one find resolve in uh, the possibility that that kind of communication level
3: yeah.
2: for me, and I don't think I'm asking too much, mm-hmm. but Maybe I am asking too much. How does one resolve the idea that someone may not communicate with me fully in a moment and then I have to somehow deal with that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes there's already there's a little bit of a bias as well as like what I believe about your communication skills if I know you and like I assume and I'm maybe picking up some nonverbals that make me believe that you don't want to communicate or that you're uninterested or that you're disengaged and things like that, which already then plays into this feeling of reciprocity and not happening, or I'm engaging you and you're not, you're not here with me, you know? And then there's also, I would say, having to evaluate the, your own like judgments about how you're seeing the situation. Like I need more. Why is that? Right. What is it? What is it that you feel you are missing out on right now? Or what is it that's not allowing you to connect with this other person, even though they have a different communication style or even just pace or, you know, disclosure, you know, how much they like to share with you. Um, and then there's also threat, right? Language is something that is most vital. It's what separated us from animals, you know? So it's it's an art and it's it's something we learn. And it's when it's emotional, it doesn't also, if we're triggered, it doesn't also allow us to access certain parts of our brain that make us like, at our best, smart, right? Shame is a blocker. We are literally stupider when that emotion is a part of it. So if communicating is something that I believe myself to be bad at, or I find very, very intimidating. And so then you bring fear and shame into the mix. I am there for less, I have less access to actual words and information. And so if I'm intimidated, I won't be able to engage with you in an authentic, connected manner, because I'm flooded by an emotion that is preventing that from taking place. So mm-hmm to engage someone, it's about safety, really. So if there's a lot of safety between the two of you, then there's more communication flow. So I would ask the other person, how do I make you safe to communicate with me right now? So then
0: with shame, that seems to be something that is very common thread with the Gen X that we all deal with. And I guess my question to you is, is that something knowing that we as a generation are dealing with, well, I don't even know if we're dealing with it. Sometimes we're so busy thinking about getting our stuff done. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how many people are really dealing with that aspect of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But do you think that that's something that we then in turn have unconsciously passed down to the next generation? Or do you feel like the next generations have their own stuff to deal with?
3: I think they have their own. They're going to have their own shame. I mean, is is universal and will have will forever remain. And is one of the most primal emotions because we're social creatures. Um, but what Gen X had that I see pretty much guaranteed every time in therapy is a lot of not enough types of emotions, and that's shame at its core. Uh, so a lot of unworthiness and invalidation of that. So yeah, loads of shame. And so not enough is a massive motivator, right? Uh, it will make me extremely productive. It can also create procrastination, but it's like it, the whole, all of society runs on not enough. So that's definitely the big, big core issue for Gen X and also why makes it makes them so stressed out. I think that that's sort of being countered a little bit now, but we're going a little bit too far, maybe where it's like, I'm all about your self-worth and I'm all about you just feeling good and you know, um, yeah, self-esteem and never saying no. I mean, I'm dramatizing it a little bit, like I think people are that far on the edge, but let's go, let's go to the extreme for a moment where you know you're seeing parenting styles that are never say no, attend to every need that the child has and uh just to be very gentle, validating and you know no discipline of any sort. And that's okay. It might create people with high self-esteem, maybe. It also might create little entitled monsters. We'll see, <laughs> you know, attend uh, to me, you know, every children, a child is narcissistically programmed and that's normal, but you're supposed to eventually mature out of that. I don't know that being ex- that sensitive, if we don't at the same time teach distress tolerance and that it's okay to feel a negative quote-unquote negative, I don't really love positive negative feelings, but difficult emotions, difficult energies and movements in your body, if you don't know how to distress tolerate, like create distress tolerance for that, yeah, we're going to go too far the other way. And it's going to create, to keep it really brief and simple, a a version of narcissism, most likely. Yeah.
2: And I'm sure that TikTok and Instagram and Facebook has not helped their cause, right?
3: Don't think so, (laughs)
2: Okay, well, I guess we will have to see what we see and see how this all pans out for us in the future. I, I don't know where we're going to go, but anyway, yeah. listen, so here's the, uh, we're coming to the close, mm. and every episode we have with guests, we always introduce the rapid fire. We have some rapid, rapid fire questions for you. So we know that you are not a Gen Xer, but you are a millennial, but we are going to make you an honorary Gen Xer today, if you don't nice. mind, I think she, yeah, I think you're cool with that, right?
3: Let's see. Okay. I'm trying to put on my Gen X hat as best as possible. Yeah.
2: So just answer the questions that come to you as honestly and as freely as possible. Uh, use your communication skills. I'm sure we'll. we'll nice, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> okay, here we go, Jade. McDonald's or KFC? McDonald's. Mash. Or Hill Street Blues?
3: MASH.
0: Roller Rink or
2: Arcade?
3: Roller (laughs) Rink.
2: Star Wars? Empire Strikes Back? Or Return of the Jedi?
3: To be honest, I haven't seen any of them, but I would say Star Wars. Yeah, I know. That makes me a weirdo, but yeah.
0: Okay, okay. It's okay. It's okay. We said honorary, so that's fine.
3: But that's just preference. Like, most people in my generation have seen it. I just, I don't know.
0: Okay. So here's one more question then. What was your favorite movie from the 80s? Oh, you know, well,
3: that's a good question. <laughs> is it? I think it's called, this is going to be so revealing and hilarious, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the right. one that was Michael Douglas? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fail attraction.
2: That was the eighties, that was nineties, that was nineteen eighty seven.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So so the eighties for sure. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, that was
0: a good movie.
3: Eighties vibe at the time. Yeah.
0: Glenn Close, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Michael the, Douglas, yeah. And the and the dead rabbit. Right. Yeah. All right. Duran Duran
3: or Sticks. Duran Duran.
2: Okay, Jade, bike or skateboard?
0: Bike. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset.
2: Yay! There you have it. You You did did it. it. You did it.
0: Bells and
3: whistles and all all the fun stuff. All right. (laughs) So happy.
0: (laughs) That was good. That was great. That was a really good good conversation, Jade. Really appreciate it. Everything that you've shared, I feel, I feel like I now need to go and like research dis- distress tolerance. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, this stuff. Yeah. But you kind of named it and you just, I just gave another word for it that I use all the time, but you said it, it's like tolerating an uncomfortable emotion, basically. So distress is anything I perceive as difficult.
2: Oh my God, Jade. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to, uh, to join us on the podcast. It was very enlightening and, uh, you're awesome. You're yeah, really awesome. For sure.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No worry. Thanks for having me. Oh, was fun.
2: Well, it's great to see you again, Jade. Really amazing. So lovely. And so great to have
0: you
3: on our little podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys started airing them?
2: We'll send you all the information. Thanks again.
3: Send me the link. Thank you so much, guys. It was nice to see you both and be a part of this and send me the link so I can listen to the other episodes and stuff as they come out.
0: Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thanks.
3: Yeah, you too. Enjoy
2: the nice weather. Bye, guys. Wow, that was great. God, I was so I learned so much. Are you uncomfortable? I don't know, but I, I hope I retain any of that. I hope I do. Anyway, that was a lot. That was great. Yeah, she's super. Well, with that said, where I don't, do you where do you, you learn? Say. Did you learn anything there? Well,
0: you know, it's it's really that ability to be okay to be uncomfortable. Like I know one thing I'm working on right now is to really think about what I want and to be confident enough in voicing it. And then I think, you know, to the second part, it's being okay that someone might be uncomfortable with that or it might feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's, there's no problem with
2: that there. Yeah, that's true.
0: What about you? What did you take away?
2: Well, yes, communication is key, right? You know, for all of us to talk and to communicate and we have all these different, you know, international languages, thousands, you know, thousands of languages and dialects and, and we all do it because we want to connect with other people. So that's really great. And uh, I can see uh, Simon is communicating that he wants mm-hmm. to eat. So I think he wants to go to Denny's. So we'll have to go hit the Denny's. That Denny's.
0: One. Yeah. Wow. That's taking it back. What's wrong with Denny's? That's a good old Gen X. You know what is Before we get on, mm. I was just thinking about a comfortability with being uncomfortable and how Gen X's are so good at it. Yeah. And I was having this great image of being in the family car with no air conditioning And being so hot that you're sticking to the seat and your knee is burning on the ashtray holder. Sure. And your parent is smoking in the front seat. With the windows up. With the windows up. And you can't do shit. You're just uncomfortable and you're stuck. I think
2: you just outed your dad there. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. Anyway.
0: The good old days.
2: Let's let's out ourselves. Let's out ourselves. Okay, let's oh let's do this. Okay, special thanks to Jade Roy for joining us today and teaching us a little bit something about communication. You're the best. Thank you. If you need any uh, other information about her, you can find it in the links below or beside or up above. Special thanks to Simon Says in the booth for his continuous excellence. Uh, Audacity team, thank you for that. Cindy, I can't thank you enough for continually lining us up with another great guest. Another great conversation and another communication skill that we can take with us, right? I, love I look it. forward to communicating with you. Oh, you. Oh, you. You have been listening to, once again, another episode of... Hooked on Life.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of Hooked on Life and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe to our channel. We would also love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for future Hooked on Life podcasts, feel free to drop us a line. You can stay up to date with Cindy and Shane by following them on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, don't worry about tonight's sunset because there will always be one tomorrow. See ya!